WCNC Charlotte. This is Flashpoint, where power and politics collide and the tough questions get asked and answered. Thanks for joining us here on Flashpoint. I'm Ben Thompson. Our focus today, redistricting. Granted, it's not the sexiest of topics, but it's perhaps the most influential issue in politics. Happens every 10 years after the census with shifting populations, redistricting guarantees, or at least tries to, that you get equal representation in government. A city councilman in South Charlotte doesn't represent more people than one in East Charlotte. Your member of Congress doesn't have less sway than a congressman from, say, Hollywood. The process currently underway here in Charlotte for city council seats at the statewide level for state legislative districts and congressional districts. Take a look at this. According to a rough local level 2020 census data, if all things are equal, Charlotte's seven city council districts should be about 125,000 people a district. However, take a look. These are the district sizes currently. District 7 is the only district that's even close to, to that size. District 1, 5, and 6 are, are below that size. District 2, 3, and 4 are all, all over the size, meaning that some folks don't have as much of a say at city council members as other people who live in other parts of town. Joining us today, City Council members Malcolm Graham and Ed Driggs, both of you on the redistricting ad hoc committee. In fact, Councilman Graham, you're the you're the chair of the committee. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Good to see you. All right. Many um, folks in your seat ha have struggled with this, both at a local level, at a state level, at a federal level, about the fair way to redistrict. And it's been debated for, for, for decades and decades and decades. Um, and with some success, some people have found what they think is a fair way of doing it. Councilman uh, Graham, I'll start with you since you're the chair of the committee. How are you trying, because you've been criticized by, by some um, already uh, as we start this process, how are you trying to approach this in a, in a fair and equitable way to make sure folks of different political stripes are gonna be represented at the government center? Well, thank you for the question. Uh, the mayor appointed me as well as three other council members, including Councilmember Dres, as mayor and Phipps to form the uh, redistricting committee. Uh, we said right from the very start that we wanted to be open, fair, balanced, educate the community, uh, let the data lead us where it should, uh, make sure that the, uh, the maps that we draw are representative of the city, uh, and, and to do it in an open fashion. And so, you mentioned a criticism, it's a criticism of one, right? Uh, and so even before we put pen to paper, I think that my goal and the objective um, uh, as well as, as the committee is to produce maps that are fair and balanced that represents both parties, Democrats and Republicans. So I think at the end of the process, I think everyone is going to be reasonably happy. This is not a trigonometry problem or a calculus problem. It's really simple adding and subtracting adding precincts to where it's needed and taking precincts away from where the growth is um, uh, goes beyond the 125, 125,000. So I'm cautiously optimistic that we can make the type of um, progress um, necessary locally. Uh, I think what happens at the federal and on the state level certainly has some bearings, but uh, again, uh, Charlotte is reasonably simple, compact, and the numbers speak for themselves. I think the five, two balance on council in reference to districts is something that I'm working to re, um, to make sure that at the end of the day, um, that stay intact. In so uh, I, I think folks will be happy with the, the progress that we're gonna make and the maps that we're going to uh, release. You, you say it's simple addition and subtraction, but, but we know depending on where you add and where you subtract, it could impact the makeup of, of city council. Councilman Driggs, that it could end up being 
that you end up being the only Republican um, on the next council? I want to say, for one, there wasn't just one of us that had questions. And uh, I was disappointed because I thought there was a smooth pass forward. I thought we had a way to accomplish this and sidestep a lot of the ugliness that has occurred around other redistrictings. And then this committee, of which Mr. Graham and I are a member, decided in my absence, when I arrived late for a meeting because of a doctor's appointment, to make a couple of changes to the criteria that we use. And they deleted the suggestion that we should try to achieve partisan balance or be fair about partisan questions in this process. And the only effect that had in my mind was to uh, increase the chances that this became a disputed, controversial process uh, and so I, I don't think it was helpful. I thought the way it was done before I got to the meeting was slippery. And uh, I'm not surprised that we're now hearing from another member of council uh, about gamesmanship. And uh, we're, we're now facing the specter of an argument about partisan uh, outcomes, implications, when we didn't necessarily have to. I think there might have been a smooth way forward, but uh, the gauntlet has been thrown down and we'll see how it plays out. Let me cor correct my friend, um, uh, Councilmember Drakes. Um, he's absolutely right. Those votes were taken um, when he was not there. He, he was late for the meeting. And as soon as he arrived at the meeting, we informed him as, uh, in reference to the action that we took. We certainly did delete that as a criteria, but we did not delete it as a goal. Uh, and that's the goal of the committee, from my perspective as the chairman, to make sure that we have balance throughout the city that we remain, um, that we work really, really hard to produce maps that um, makes the um, maintain the status quo, which is five Democratic districts and two Republican districts. There'll be a series of maps um, that reflects that. Others will reflect other things, but again, the council will make that decision. And so, while it was removed as a criteria, it was never removed as a goal. And like I said earlier, I think if we would just um, trust the process, especially one of my colleagues in city council, um, that this argument or this debate in reference to whether or not we're going to gerrymandering or uh, those type of nonsense uh, will be just that at the end of the day, just a lot of nonsense from my perspective. We're going to stop right there and we're going to have more on what is a heated discussion about something that sounds benign, redistricting, coming up on the other side of this break. Welcome back to Flashpoint. We continue our conversation with Charlotte City Council members Malcolm Graham and Ed Driggs on redistricting. Do, do you think it's, it's, it's nonsense or do you think it's ridiculous, though, it, when, when people compare this to what Republicans are criticized for at the statewide level when it comes to redistricting? Well, no one is surgically uh, removing Republicans from the district, right? That's a, a phrase that a federal court judge used um, in terms of the precision in, in reference to what Republicans did in Raleigh. And again, I'll say for the third time, it is our goal to have the status quo remain, which is five uh, Democratic seats and two Republican seats. And um, I, I, think, I think we just need to trust the process. We've already started drawing maps. We just rescheduled a meeting that was scheduled for Monday, for Wednesday, to allow Mr. Drakes to be present. Uh, so when those maps are released, he can see them all for himself. And so we're, we're trying to be open, transparent, uh, and um, uh, we're going to have two public engagement sessions for the public. Um, we're going to add some more um, um, public education sessions based on the meeting I had yesterday. So I think at the end of the day, uh, I think um, the council will make a decision and we're going to have 
three or four options for them to choose from, and it's my goal as the committee chairman to be fair and balanced. Okay, Mr. Driggs, do you do you take him at his word that, that he's trying to be fair and balanced and transparent about this and that there should be two Republicans uh, in an ideal, ideal situation with the others, Democrats, on city council? Well, ask yourself whether you think it makes sense that a vote was taken on partisan provisions of our criteria when the Republican member of the committee was not there yet, but was coming. It was done early in the meeting. I was there for a good portion of the meeting, and the chair characterized the vote as unanimous several times because it was taken when I wasn't there. Uh, and and it, I do agree that this doesn't compare, uh, is not analogous to the actions Republicans took elsewhere, because I think there is a way forward, a smooth way forward, that we could have accomplished without the step of removing these criteria. And uh, all that does is it shines a light on the question. Uh, the District 6, which is Mr. Bokhari's district, is I would describe as a purple district in the sense that we now have a Democrat serving on the Board of County Commissioners there. And it is very much in play. It is certainly very competitive. There's a lot of sensitivity on this subject. And I think to sort of shine a light on the question with this uh, really unnecessary action of removing those provisions made things more difficult for us. I don't think the outcome will be affected much, frankly. I think it would have been fine if we'd left those things in. But this has now highlighted the subject. And Mr. Graham, this is what you do in council meetings, too. You sit there smiling and sneering broadly when people speak and say something you don't like. It's a very discourteous way to behave. I would appreciate it if you'd refrain from it. Well, Mr. Dre, let's say this. I wish you would express all those points at the committee meeting. You expressed none. Uh, we, we, we introduced to you when you walked in onto the screen exactly what we did, and you had no comment at all. So I'm I said I wish that we I hoped that we would try to rep respect uh, the fact that bipartisan representation on a body is better. I acknowledge that the numbers are such, as I am now, that the numbers were such that we would probably end up in the same place. But I didn't appreciate it. I'd just come from a procedure at a doctor's office, and I was ambushed at that meeting. No, you were Why not. did you hold the vote before I got there? Why did you hold the vote before I got there, Mr. Graham? Answer that question. I was going to be at the meeting, the only Republican who was going to be at the meeting, and you held the vote before I got there. It was the first item on the agenda, Mr. Drake. You were and Mr. Right. Chair, you had the absolute discretion to change the sequence of the meeting. It was within your authority. In order to have a representative of the other party there when the vote was taken on partisan issues related to redistricting. Mr. Drake, it is slippery. First, it was not slippery, and we told you exactly what we did and why we did it, and you said nothing. Not a word. Not a word, Mr. Drake. You know that. Not a word. So I'm. I'm, I'm I, I said exactly what I just told you. I said no, it's on not. the record. No, 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 you did not, sir. You I said the numbers. The numbers probably will point that way. So maybe it makes sense to do that. No. But I sincerely hope that we will respect the fact that having representation by both parties on council, Mr. Graham, you have nine members. You don't have a need to pull stunts like this. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? That would make you do something like this. You're, you're factually incorrect on a lot of the things that you're saying here today. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not disrespecting you at all. I just basically said on three different occasions, it is my goal to produce um, a map that remains and keeps the status quo in play. It was not transparent or fair to hold that vote when I wasn't there. Because it was the first on the Mr. Drake, you're not being you, you're just being disingenuous, like your colleague, right? Because you're really being disingenuous in terms of how that meeting ha happened and 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 your presence or your absence, right? 
I said, as soon as you got on the screen, this is the action that we took. It was the first item on the agenda. There was no slippery or slope, sir. We just kind of pointed out that based on removing that, we wanted to make sure that we produce realistic expectation. It is not a criteria, but it is a goal. And that's a goal that I'm working towards. And I think you'll be pleasantly pleased when you come back in town where we're at with these maps. All right, gentlemen. I'm I, a committee I, chair too, and I know that a committee chair has the absolute discretion to make a change in the agenda or the sequence of events in the agenda when circumstances indicate. You should have appreciated that circumstances indicated that that conversation needed to take place when the representative from the other party was present at the meeting, because that's why we had a bipartisan representation at the in that committee. I, I, I wish you would express those comments at the meeting, which you did not. All right. Gentlemen, I, 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 you know. I've got to cut it off. We, 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 we're out of time now, but I, I, hope, I hope for the sake of the folks of Charlotte that they, they end up with representative government at the government center, because uh, that's certainly important. And um, we invite you to come back and discuss this further uh, in the weeks ahead. Uh, Council members Driggs and Graham, thank you both. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. More Flash went after this. Joining us today from Catawba College, Dr. Michael Bitzer, professor of politics and literally the guy who, who is writing the book on all this on redistricting here in North Carolina coming out soon. Uh, professor, thanks as always. We appreciate it. My pleasure to be with you. All right. So redistricting, it happens every 10 years. Um, then there's always lawsuits. Um, this year, though, this year, state lawmakers are, are promising after all the lawsuits uh, in recent years, they're promising the most transparent process Ever. Do we think that's going to happen? It's always talked about that, but in my research, I've always found that the maps have been drawn well before they are publicly released. I can't say whether that's going to be the case yet again, but we just have to go back 10 years to see the work and the influence of Thomas Hoffler who had basically drawn the maps for the Republicans when they took over in 2011 to say that all of these maps are typically drawn behind closed doors and then are released to the public. We'll just have to wait and see if that level of transparency, like what we saw in 2019 with the maps literally being drawn on computers that people could live stream, will play out this time and how much influence will a potential court have on if any future uh, redistricting initiatives need to be taken uh, in this decade. And then you've referenced 2019, a judge basically came back and, and sort of instructed um, lawmakers how they needed to do this. Do they have to abide by those same rules this time around? Well, it wasn't necessarily appealed up to the North Carolina State Supreme Court, so I would not consider it precedent. I would consider it probably a warning shot to the Republicans to say, if you are going to engage in this type of partisan gerrymandering that we expect to happen, then these are the circumstances and the conditions that might get you out from real intense scrutiny. I think we'll just have to wait and see. We're in the process now of the public hearings. There's, uh, you know, I don't know of anybody who does know besides Republicans intricately involved in the redistricting process at this point, whether any maps have been drawn. But I think, you know, that was a probably a pretty good shot from the courts to the Republicans in the General Assembly to say, if you want transparency, you're going to have to do it this way. All right. You, you know the history of this. Um, 
why as you know our democracy is still relatively young on a global scale but 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 still the country's been around now for 200 plus years why is it why is it that this part of our democracy redistricting i mean north carolina is the epicenter for it for for, for sure but i mean this this is a problem in, in several other states why is this something that we have grappled with and struggled with for so long to finally get down to because even if you talk to folks level-headed folks who say you know even if it's nonpartisan, you know redistricting that runs into its own set of problems as well why is this something that we're still struggling with because it is the most political activity in America. I studied under Charles Bullock at the University of Georgia, and he has literally written the book on the history of redistricting in the country, what it is, uh, how it developed, and it's been with us since the dawn of the Republic. I mean, in Virginia, there were attempts to gerrymander districts to draw the lines to favor one party over the other. The word gerrymandering comes from Massachusetts when a former governor was trying to stack the deck for his political party. So this is embodied in our politics. Whenever you draw the rules rules and the lines of districts, you can favor one group over another. And that's what gerrymandering is. It has taken on partisan bent. Here in North Carolina, we have seen decades of racial gerrymandering questions go on. So this is just an, an, a part of our body politic. This is part of the soul of American politics that is indeed the most partisan dynamic. And I don't think it's ever going to go away. Just because you draw the lines doesn't necessarily mean that you're taking politics out by giving it over to somebody else who could be nonpartisan. We, the voters, have sorted ourselves in the research that I've done, and it's just as hard to try and draw these competitive lines as it is to draw a partisan type of district. How, how do you describe this process in your classes? I mean, you hear gerrymandering and redistricting and, and folks' eyes sort of glaze over, uh, despite the fact that it's, as you mentioned, so influential and so important. How do you describe it? I'm actually teaching state politics, and we have discussed this week the first half of Bullock's book on redistricting. I basically sum up redistricting as you have to apportion members of a legislature to geographic regions. And once you do that, you start to consolidate people into legislative districts, and those people have voting patterns. They have voting behavior. And so certainly, if you're trying to devise a districting system where the lines are fair, we talk about this idea of fairness in American politics, it's really hard nowadays to get that level of fairness when over 70% of North Carolina's precincts voted overwhelmingly for one party over the other in 2020. That's just hard to start to use those building blocks of precincts to then create the districts. So the districts are drawn, they, they have to allot a member, a legislator, state house representative, state senator, member of Congress to these districts. And that's really where the dynamics of partisanship really come into play, I say. And critics will argue that that Republicans are overrepresented in Raleigh because of this, and they'll argue that Democrats are overrepresented in Charlotte um, because of this. And, and give us an idea when they when they start sort of settling on these these new maps, what are the criteria they're supposed to follow? 
Well, first and foremost, they're supposed to follow the notion of one person, one vote, equal population. At the congressional level, all of the congressional districts have to be within basically one person equal in population to every other district. When you get into the state legislative districts and a little more at the city council district level, you can have some variation. Generally, the Supreme Court of the United States has said 5% over or under is an acceptable uh, allocation of population to those districts. So there's some range there. But then you get into issues like compactness. How compact are these districts? Do they spread all over the state, like the infamous I-85 12th Congressional District that this area is well known for? Uh, you can't break districts into two. They have to always be connected. And so there are some basic rules that the state Republicans in the legislature have already put out and said, this is going to guide our criteria. Charlotte City Council has those same kind of criteria, but again, partisanship will be part of this and also the protection of incumbents potentially. Is there is there a perfect case scenario in how redistricting is handled uh, fairly? You know, a lot of people point to the state of Iowa that has a nonpartisan independent redistricting commission. Uh, a lot of states are moving towards that kind of ideal. But part of it is, yes, you can draw the lines blindly. You can put them together. You can create these districts. But the behavior on the ground, the behavior of voters that make up those districts are naturally going to tilt the districts one way or the other. And because we are so polarized now, because people have sorted themselves into like-minded communities, it's hard to create a map that for here, for example, in North Carolina, it was 51-49 in the presidential election in 2020. Well, people say the congressional district should be 51-49 in that regard. Well, trying to create a seven to seven map, I gave that as a challenge to my students. None of them could draw a map that would be equal in terms of the advantages for either party or a competitive type of structure. So part of it is also the rules. We elect one person out of a district, they get 100%. The person that came in second, maybe by less than one vote, doesn't get anything. That's part of the rules of the game. All right, summed up quite well. All right, Professor of Politics, Dr. Michael Bitzer, also author of a new book. Congrats on the new book, my friend. Thank you. All right, more Flashpoint after this. Folks, before we leave you, come interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Let us know what you, what's on your mind, what you think of the show. And always make sure you subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you back here next weekend.